to the Prophecy Club. We're going to continue talking about how to run a Bible study, how to go through and teach the book of Revelation. As I've said, I think the best thing on a Bible study is to basically pray, sing a song or two, maybe four or five, and then what we do is let people go around and read it. Now, I'm going to go through the book of Revelation. I know that we have a lot of new people listening, and so you may be saying, well, why should I listen to you teach on Bible prophecy? Because you're just giving your opinion, and everybody else is just giving your opinion. I don't want somebody else's opinion. I want to know what the truth, I want to know what God says. Okay, so I will answer that question. About two years ago, I began to memorize the book of Revelation. I didn't think anything special was going to happen. It was just a project. I didn't even know if I could do it. Matter of fact, didn't even start at verse 1. Started at verse uh, 8, I believe it was. Skipped the first seven verses. They just looked, <laughs> they looked too difficult. I'm, just, I'm being just frank with you, okay? And uh, then after I got to the end of the chapter, I went by and back and I got the other seven verses. But... Something I didn't expect began to happen. I began to get revelations. I'm talking about information that is more than just what is the ink on the paper to help us to understand revelation like we've never seen. Essentially, I was shown a secret door, specifically one word. That word is firstfruits, and that is found in Revelation 14.4, and it links back to Leviticus 23.10. Those two words linked together link the feasts to the prophecies of Revelation, and for the first time we can understand the chronological order of Revelation, because the surprise is it is not chronological, and there are things that are out of order. But by linking this one specific word, I was able to understand and link for the first time the prophecies of Revelation to the feasts of Leviticus 23. And I've written a book about it, which I'd highly recommend you get. It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, available at prophecyclub.com. Do not get one for 20. Don't do it. I know you'll be tempted. Instead, at least get five for 30 or 10 for 55. Why? Because you want to have other copies to hand around to other people, and you want to have some time yourself to go through and read the book because you've been called, if you're listening to this program, you have been called to be part of the end-time army of prophecy teachers, working miracles, bringing people to the Lord in the last days after they have discovered that the pre-trib, mid-trib, pre-wrath rapture is all a great big giant misunderstanding. And not trying to blame anybody that's teaching it or understands that way. Matter of fact, I will give you an apology. I know sometimes I'm pretty harsh on the pre-tribbers, but I love you all, and you'll one day come to discover I'm right. But in the meantime, what I'm called to do is raise up this army of prophecy teachers working miracles. So when you get to the point where people are searching you out, they are rapture disappointed. They are scared little rabbits. They thought there was a pre-trib rapture. They didn't bother to study the scriptures. They have not prepared their heart for now all of a sudden they are in a world of hurt and they're saying, oh my goodness, someone, 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 please tell me, tell me what's going on. And that's when your Bible study gets together. And that's when, maybe before then, matter of fact, don't wait to then. But now what do you do? All right, so we're specifically going through the book of Revelation and we're going through the easy parts now. And we're going to start Revelation 2, verse 18. This is the church in Thyatira. As I've said, yes, there were seven physical churches back 2,000 years ago when John the Revelator got these revelations. He wrote these letters to sent them to the literal physical 
I guess, mortar and brick uh, churches of those days. But it says the angel of the church. There are seven angels. Those angels have not died. They're still out there. And there were seven physical churches, but there are seven also physical angels that are still alive. And the seven churches are among us someplace scattered around the globe, and they might not even be meeting. Just in other words, this person is really a part of that that church. This person is really a part of that church, and so on. So as I, I will show you, I'll show you, they're still alive today, people in all of these seven churches, and these letters to the churches are still speaking to us in a very big way today. That's four minutes gone, so i got to get going here. So we're in Revelation 2, verse 18, the church of Thyatira, and under the angel of the church in Thyatira. And by the way, this is one of the most important churches, has a lot to say to us today. These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto the flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. Again, that is identifying who is speaking as it is Jesus speaking, speaking through his angel. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works. And that's a compliment and the last to be more than the first. So this is the people that are serving the Lord then and also now who are walking in a lot of charity. In other words, they're helping other people. They love people. They're a big service organization. They have a lot of faith. Patience means you don't quit Jesus. Very, very powerful. Very, very good church. But he says the last of their works is more than the first, meaning that they are growing, they are building. So these are those people, even alive today, that are in churches that are heavy into charity, service, faith, very patient, they don't quit Jesus, and they continue to build. Now let's go to verse 20. Now he starts with the correction. He starts with a compliment, then he gives them a correction, and that's the way he works. Anyway, we're going. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. I gave her space to repent of her fornication. In this case, I think it's specifically talking about sex outside of marriage. And she repented not. Now, this is the very important part. This is about to show us that this is not just talking about people that lived 2,000 years ago. This is talking about people alive today as well. Here it is. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. Okay, Bible's real clear. Great tribulation is talking about the last three and a half years of the tribulation, a seven-year time period, the last seven years. So if this was only talking about people that lived 2,000 years ago, wouldn't have that in there. Meaning he is speaking to people that are part of this church even today. That does not necessarily mean that there is a church out there called Thyatira. Does not necessarily mean that this is a group of people that even meet as a church. But this is a group of people that fit this today. He's saying, don't let people teach you that are lying to you and telling it's okay to have sex in the church. Oh, Stan, they don't do that today. Oh, really? Well, you should listen to the news. Not only are they having sex with each other outside of marriage today, but they're having sex with the same sex. Remember what the angel spoke to Dimitri? Inside the church, there's abortion, adultery, fornication, sodomy, divorces, all kinds of sin. 
Jesus doesn't live in sin. I brought you here so you can cry out loud. So this is rampant in the church in some places today, too. Verse 23. And I will kill her children her children with death. Now, see, there's a lot of correction. Because a lot of people out there say, oh, no, our God is a loving God. I remember that Michael Boldea told me that after some of his talks, he will have people come up and say, oh, that's not the God that I agreed to serve. My God doesn't do that. Well, you know, maybe you've been taught about the wrong God. Because a lot of people are behind the pulpits these days that are preaching nothing but a positive God. Oh, God is love. Yep, that's right. He sure is. He's love. But he also says, I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire. Okay, we'll get to that in just a second. So he does bring correction. And that's what every one of these churches in Revelation chapter 2 and 3 is talking about. Yes, he starts with a compliment, but then he also brings correction. So those people that think God is only positive, he is only loved, uh, not my Bible. Not my Bible. Let's go on. I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and the hearts. Now, let me stop just a second. Just just yesterday, I was sitting down for just a moment, had just a moment there, and I was thinking something. I can't remember exactly what it was, and all of a sudden, I got the anointing. And then there's been other times where I'm sitting thinking, and that was the wrong thing. And all of a sudden, I got a yawn. Now, my point is, if you've been listening for a while, you know that many times, not every time, but many times when it's something of importance, the God has something to say to me, and he's saying, no, I get a yawn. Here, I'll give you a specific example. Uh, had one of the congregation members call me. I'm not going to get into the whole story. And he was saying, I think what you just need to do on that was you just need to trust Jesus instantly. I got a yawn just out of the middle of nowhere. I was not sleepy. I was not tired. As he said, no, you need to just trust Jesus on that. I got a yawn. And he was saying, no, don't trust me on this. You need to do that in the natural. So I got an instant confirmation. Now, I say all of that, not because I'm trying to say, oh, Stan thinks he's something good. I'm not good. I'm just dust. Okay. But I'm trying to say that it is true. God knows every one of our thoughts, and I can prove it. I can be a witness. There have been countless times I'm just thinking something, and I get the anointing. All right, here, I'll, I'll give you an example. So uh, part of this had to do with a health issue, which I will choose not to share with you right now. Uh, I made down the road, but I'll choose not to share with you. But I'm not real good with doctors and hospitals and things like that. I've had a long history of bad experiences. So... Yesterday after, actually yesterday morning at 1045, I was sitting in the doctor's office. My wife called me. Are you doing okay? I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> All of a sudden, I felt the anointing. I've, I felt it's, it's like the Lord said, no, I'm here with you. It's going to be okay. That's important. Now, I say all of that long story to simply reassure you that if there is a question in your mind, about whether God knows your every thought, please allow me to remove that question. He absolutely, positively does. He not only knows what we do, but he knows why we do it. He knows what we're thinking, every thought. So when it says, I will kill her children with death, 
and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and the hearts, and I will give to every one of you according to your works. That is exactly what he means. He means that he searches the hearts. He knows the hearts, and he knows exactly what we do, and he doesn't miss a thing. Let's go on. But in the USA, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as, as have not this doctrine, which now, in other words, the doctrine of uh, teaching lies and committing fornication, things like that, but unto you as have not this doctrine, which have not known the depths of Satan, in other words, they've not walked in all this filthy sin, have not known the doctrine of Satan as they speak, I would put upon you none other burden, this is important, but that which you have already, hold fast till I come. Let me read that again. Listen carefully, because this is a very, very important point that many of the churches don't have. They don't, they don't have this. They don't get this doctrine. But I say unto you, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, in other words, that are not walking in sin, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden but that which you have already. So when we do something wrong, when we do something wrong as an individual, when we do something wrong as a church, rest assured, he is hitting us with blessings or cursings. Depends on what it is. Yes, we are judged at the final day based upon our works. Everybody is. And that's when we get our crowns. That happens on uh, the last trumpet. Yes, but we're also judged, and he adds to our burden, meaning those people that are highly blessed are usually highly blessed because of their own works. Sometimes it rolls downhill from their fathers and forefathers before them. And a lot of times you see people and they just continue to make mistakes and you wonder why. Why is it? Why is this person just continue to make so many bad decisions? Well, a lot of it is from them, but a lot of that is also rolling downhill from their fathers and forefathers before them. So says the Bible, which we won't get into right now. But the point is, he knows every thought. That's what he's saying. I will kill her children with death. All the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins, that means the internal parts of the body, the reins and the hearts, and I will give to every one of you according to your works. Yes, after life, but he's saying also in this life. Meaning, if we want to be blessed, then we follow his laws. If we want to receive curses, then we break his laws. I'll say it again. It's saying he is reading every one of our thoughts, every one of them, and he hands out blessings for those people that follow his laws, and he hands out cursings for those people that break his laws, period. End of sentence. Now let's go on. Verse 26. This is one of my most favorite parts of the entire book of Revelation. And it says, And he that overcometh, now you remember what an overcomer is, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. That doesn't mean they necessarily have to die. It just means they're willing to. It means you can't shake them. They will hold fast till he comes. I don't care whether it's the mark of the beast, whether it's some kind of corruption or deception or sex temptations or whatever it is. They're not, not, not going to fall away from Jesus. That's an overcomer. But in order to be an overcomer in the definition of revelation, you specifically, in my opinion, have to see the beast 
hear the beast, and overcome his temptation. Not too many. Those are the overcomers. Let's go on. He that overcometh and keepeth my works to the end. That means they don't quit. They don't retire. They keep serving as long as their beat, their heart is beating. They are serving to the very best of their ability. Now, at what time their heart is still beating, but they can't get up and serve? I mean, I understand that. But he's saying if you can serve, you are serving. He that overcometh and keepeth my works to the end, to him. Here it is. Here it is. Big, big, big important stuff here. To him will I give power over the nations. What's that mean? It means that you're going to be ruling over those people that did not take the mark of the beast, but they didn't receive Jesus either, and they are allowed to live for up to another 1,000 years until the fire from God out of heaven comes down to devour them. That's the morning star. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father, and I will give him the morning star. What's the morning star? I've talked about that several times. The morning star is a light sword. I mean, literally, it is light. Because in our new glorified bodies, those people that have turned many people to righteousness, those people that are overcomers, will have the morning star. That's what he's saying. This is one of the qualifications to get the morning star. They will have such light they can blow with their mouth, and a sword comes out of the mouth, and it hits people, and they fall to the ground in a pile of ashes and bones, killing both body and soul instantly. That's what the two witnesses have. And I shall give power to my two witnesses, and they'll prophesy a thousand two hundred three score days, clothed in sackcloth. If any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. If any man will hurt them, he must be in this manner killed. That's the morning star. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon it, whose name was faithful and true, with righteousness he doth judge and make war. And his eyes were as a flame of fire, and he had on his heads many crowns, and he had a name written which no man knoweth save he that receiveth it. And he was clothed in a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him on white horses, clean and white. And out of his mouth went a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. That's the morning star. And then several verses down it says, And the remnant were slain by the sword of him that sat on the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. That's the morning star. That's what he's talking about here. Let me back up and read that again. That's real, real, real important. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works to the end. That means you that get to see the beast, you that get to hear the beast, but you do not take the mark worship his image or the number of his name. Those of you that see and hear the beast and you overcome the beast and keep his works to the end, to him will he give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter, they shall be broken to shivers, even as a received of my father, and I will give him the morning star. And to complete the scripture there, it says, and he that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches. That's one of the most important parts of all revelation. It's one of those seven churches, and it's one of the parts that so many times people skip, and frankly, I used to skip it too. It didn't mean much to me, not until I started memorizing it that I got the revelation, which, by the way, is why I want you to come to the End Times Conference. It's called Understanding End Times Conference, and it's October 4, 5, and 6. Why? Because I can't give you the anointing through the radio. Try as I may, Paul did not have a radio program to anoint people. He said, so that I may come to you and lay hands on you and impart a spiritual gift. Gifts are imparted by apostles and prophets. 
if you will come to the October meeting, October 4, 5, and 6, you get signed up at endtimesconference.com. If you'll come there, I'm going to lay hands on and anoint people with four milliliters of oil. That's about the size of your little finger from the last two joints out. That's not much oil, but I'll pour that on your head, lay hands on you, and anoint you to get two things. One is to receive the revelation spirit that I got when I memorized the book of Revelation. And the second thing is to walk in sevenfold miracles when they arrive. You can't get that from a book. You can't get that from radio or TV. You gotta show up. Don't do that very often. And by the way, it's filling up quickly. So if you want to go, we only have 350 seats available, endtimesconference.com, endtimesconference.com. Registration fee is only $25. And by the way, this is not the Sevenfold Miracle Crusade. Not doing the same things there. The only thing that we are doing the same is I'm doing a couple of teachings similar, and I am also anointing people with oil to receive the Revelation Spirit and to be able to walk in sevenfold miracles. If you want that, then you got to attend. You get there by going to endtimesconference.com. So we're at Revelation 3, verse 1. And under the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, meaning Jesus. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest, and art dead. Be watchful, and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. This is the church that has died or is almost next to dying, and he is rebuking that church, saying, You haven't done it right. You haven't done as I've told you to do. I've not found your works perfect, and I'm in the process of removing your candlestick. And if you don't correct it, I will. I will close your church. Now, let's go on. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I'll come upon thee. I believe that that is a specific reference to Bible prophecy, a specific reference to Jesus returning. This is a church that has declined and declined and declined, and maybe they are still meeting. Maybe they say, oh, yes, the church is alive, but spiritually it's really dead. He's saying, be watchful and strengthen the things that remain. Try to make it. Try to keep going. Don't die, because if you don't, I'm going to remove your candlestick. Verse 3. Remember, therefore, thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. In other words, go back to reading the Bible, doing the things that you did in the beginning, or else I'll remove your candlestick. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come upon thee as a thief. Meaning, he's telling them specifically, stay up with the Bible prophecy. Continue in it. I will come upon thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments. And they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. So even in a small church, even a church that is closing or is about to close, or maybe even closed, there's still a few people that did it right Verse 5, he that overcometh, the shame should be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. Now, that's an inference to mean, for those people out there who think, once saved, always saved, uh, sorry, no. And matter of fact, I can take you to another scripture that says that the righteous man, if he turn from his righteousness, he will basically lose his salvation. It's not a quote, but I assure you it's there. He that overcometh the same should be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, 
But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Tomorrow we're going to start with the church at Philadelphia. Again, it's important that you come to the End Time Conference. And I'd like you to have received my book and read the book before you get to the End Times Conference. Because first night, I'm going to be talking through the Seven Seals chart. If you've read my book, you will understand it a whole lot better. Then Saturday morning, I'm going to be teaching through the Feasts chart to help you to understand how the Feasts and Revelation prophecies fit together. It will absolutely light your fire. Saturday evening, it's Leslie talking on Kundalini Spirit. And then Sunday morning, we're team teaching, sometimes Leslie, sometimes me. Intimesconference.com. Intimesconference.com to get my book. Go to prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. Secret door to understand Bible prophecy. Back in 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. I got about 30 revelations and two visions. And God showed me the word first fruits is actually a secret door linking the Feast of Leviticus to the prophecies of Revelation, allowing the end-time events to be placed in chronological order as never before. One prophetic word said it this way, There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open unto you. It will turn many books written on the end time into obsolete books. That's this book. In this book, for the first time, you will understand that on first fruits. Jesus, the Lamb, returns to Mount Zion with 144,000 one-year-old Jews. On Pentecost, the wheat who are ready go to the marriage supper of the Lamb with the barley. The Father promotes Jesus at the marriage supper from Lamb to Lion, from Prince to King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus receives many crowns, a vesture dipped in his own sacrificed blood, and a white horse. The barley and wheat receive a wedding garment, and a white horse to return on trumpets about four months later. This is the day of the Lord. Jesus the judge uses the morning star lightning sword to burn the tares. This is the judgment seat of Christ. All in Jesus report here and receive their just rewards. On atonement, Jesus is the judge at the great white throne. For those not in Jesus, the dead are judged based upon their works written in the books. Whosoever was not found written in the book is cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. On tabernacles, the new Jerusalem comes down from God out of heaven, all explained in the secret door to understand Bible prophecy. One for 20, don't do that. Five for 30, 10 for 55, or a case of 60 for $250 at prophecyclub.com. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55, prophecyclub.com gives you extras to give away to your friends. October 4, 5, and 6, it's the Understanding End Times Conference, Living Word Fellowship, 1051 Riverside Drive in Evansville, Indiana. Friday evening, 6.30, I'll speak on my seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials chart. Saturday morning, 10 a.m., I'll speak on my feast and revelation prophecies chart. Saturday evening, 5 p.m., Leslie will speak on the Kundalini Spirit. Sunday morning at 10 a.m., I'll take half the time with Miss the Mark, my new book, and Leslie will take the rest of it. As you know, I'm called to build an end-time army of prophecy teachers working miracles. I want you to come so I can lay hands on you and anoint you for you to receive two anointings. The spirit of revelation as I received it when I memorized the book of Revelation. Two, to work in sevenfold miracles when the judgment arrives. 
The room only holds 350 people, and the church is probably going to take from 100 to 150 of them, so it will fill quickly. I suggest you do the $25 registration quickly at endtimesconference.com. $25 registration at endtimesconference.com, October 4, 5, and 6, Understanding End Times Conference, Living Word Fellowship, Evansville, Indiana. See you there! You can now watch 160 Prophecy Club recordings and soon over 300 without interruption. Most people would agree 300 titles, normally $30 each, a gift of $100 a month would be reasonable, $50 a pretty good deal, but the introductory rate for a limited time is just $20 recurring monthly subscription. A one-year subscription is a gift of $200. There's no contract. You can cancel any time you want to, and you get the first three days free just to check it out. The best deal is a yearly subscription that'll lock in your rate for a year even when we raise the rates. WatchProphecyClub.com. Go check it out. WatchProphecyClub.com. In many different ways, the enemy is working overtime to destroy your family, job, and America. Your faithful monthly gifts help the Prophecy Club to continue and overcome evil with the truth. Help us take the warning to America. Engage in the battle to win lost souls to Christ by supporting this ministry today.